0: There is 35 minutes until Murph's Car Town and Sports Shop opens, and I have so much to talk about. Today's episode will be longer than 35 minutes. Obviously, if I have to record while the shop is open, just when no one is here, I will do so because there's a lot to talk about. I naturally talk fast, so maybe I get everything done within, say, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, or whatever it may be. But we do have some topics to discuss here on Murph's Boston Sports Talk. How is everyone doing today? Hopefully you had a fantastic week. The weather is getting chilly, but the past couple of days have been relatively nice. It feels truly like fall, thankfully. But hopefully you are enjoying yourself a wonderful Friday, or maybe whatever day you're listening to this episode. Episode number 94. We are getting so close. So close to 100. I feel like I should do something special for 100, but I don't know what to do. I mean, it's in a couple of weeks, but what should i do reach out to me on social media at murph's card town or in the comment section down below if you're watching this on youtube what should i do for a hundred episodes right like should i throw like a, a, I guess not a surprise party but it's like a, a huge event should i like record live i mean i'm not exactly sure what i should do for this one i mean i could just record just a traditional episode uh whatever day 100 falls on what day does 100 fall on um, let's see, we are here in October. Can we make this larger? Month. Here we go. Uh, so today's 94. Tuesday, don't forget, uh, shop is closed on Christopher Columbus Day on Monday, the 11th. So there will be no Mervs Boston Sports Talk that day. However, it will just be pushed to Tuesday, the 12th, similar to what we experienced with Labor Day as well. So the 12th will be 95. Next Friday's 96. The 18th is 97, Friday 98, Monday the 25th, 99, so October 29th, if my math is correct, which it could be wrong, is October 29th, that Friday, is episode 100. It could be like a little Halloween special, it could be, you know, obviously celebrating 100 episodes, well that's crazy to think about, 100 episodes, All in all honesty, but honestly, Let's just slow down, pump the brakes with that for a second because we do have a lot to talk about like I did mention previously, but I want to make sure everyone's having a wonderful day and hopefully they have a fantastic weekend that is upon us. I also want to announce that here at Murph's Car Town and Sports Shop, we are officially doing our first box break. Our first box break ever here at the shop. A lot of people have inquired about it and it's about time I adhere to the people similar To me, getting Pokemon product, I don't like Pokemon. I don't know a lick about it. But people are asking, do you have Pokemon? Do you have Pokemon? And I I couldn't, I had to stop saying no. So I got myself some Pokemon. People kept asking about the box breaks. So I was like, all right, fine. We will do a box break. So here we are. We're doing a 2021 Don Ross football box break. There will be five, count them, five mega boxes. And one blaster box. Obviously, all 32 NFL teams are up for grabs. As you know, I, I made this announcement last night, honestly, and I'd probably say a quarter of the league may be taken already. Teams like the 49ers, the Pass, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Chargers, Bengals, among other teams, are already taken. For a full, updated list of teams that are available and teams that are not, go to my Instagram. I posted it there. Go to my Facebook. It's on there. Actually, is it on Facebook? I think it's in a Facebook group, but I don't think I actually posted it to physical Facebook. So just check my social media. Check Instagram. You'll see it. It'll have the five boxes. It'll have the blaster box on top, and it'll be like, hey, we're doing a box break. Come check it out. You know, the prices are all outlined per team and such like that. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a live box break. I want to do this a week from today, so obviously Friday, but I have to wait for the teams to fill up, of course. But... We'll just have to wait and see. I'm very excited for it. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to actually have this live box break. It'll take place after hours here at the shop and honestly, it's going to be a great time. Get some pizzas, get some uh some drinks. What? Wait, what? Who said that? I pff, just I heard pizza. I heard pizza, right? And it's going to be a great time. I mean, there's at least on average one autograph per box, so hopefully we see five autos pulled depending on your team, you get an auto. Tons of memorabilia and relic cards. Awesome, cool inserts. I cannot wait. Earlier this week, I believe it was on Monday, actually, a Tua Tagovailoa 1 of 1 Nike Laundry Tag patch 1 of 1 was pulled here in shop. Absolutely stunning card. Beautiful. Did not see it coming out of a blaster. Out of a blaster. So, honestly, anything is possible. Anything is possible in this box break. And if you want to sign up, like I said, go to my Instagram. Check the post to see the available teams and the non-available teams. And just reach out to me with your preference. Payment is obviously sooner the better, but it has to be in before the box break. So there's some good teams still out there. There's some teams that you know could be sneaky and that are cheap. It's just all going to depend on what you're willing to gamble, right? Because at the end of the day, box breaks... Are kind of gambles. And then another announcement that I want to make is also, I just want to reiterate 5% of every purchase here in the shop goes towards breast cancer awareness. So whether you buy something for a dollar, $10, $50, $100, say you go on a spending spree and you spend $500, it all goes towards breast cancer awareness. Well, 5%, right? 5% of every single purchase goes to breast cancer awareness and i'm really excited to to just have to be in the position to have a fundraiser like that to be able to donate and give back obviously throughout the course of october where october is breast cancer awareness month listen we all love women we all come from women our mothers are all women so it's something that is i feel so comfortable doing because you know women have you know strongly impacted my life and I'd probably say they've impacted a lot of people's life too, and obviously, if we're able to take a step, uh, take a step to end cancer or at least a form of cancer, then I think that's an absolute bonus. That's an absolute plus in life. So enough with enough with the, the shop stuff, because you you may not be here for the shop stuff, but let's get into the sports talk topics. Because I would assume that that's your—that's what you're here for. But since the shop and the podcast are one and of the same, they kind of get mixed up and go intertwined together. So here we go. Let's first talk about the Red Sox-Yankees wildcard game. I'll briefly talk about this because, its you know, obviously it happened on Tuesday. We're now here on Thursday. And I want to talk more about, you know, the Red Sox their series against the Rays now that that's official. And, of course, the Patriots game upcoming against the Houston Texans. What? This game on Tuesday for the Red Sox. Nuts! I'll just period. Nuts. Two nothing early lead for the Red Sox. I personally didn't see it coming. I know uh, Bogarts hit a nice two run home run to drive in, to drive in Devers to give the Red Sox an early two nothing lead over Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole obviously did not have his best stuff. That was definitely been easy to see. And now he's like, what is he two and three? In uh, winner-take-all games, which is like the most losses in like MLB history, which low-key kind of seems low. I thought maybe like the most losses would be like six or seven maybe, but maybe that's just me thinking a little too much. Gary Cole, two innings, two-plus innings, five hits, three earned, two walks, only three strikeouts. He was only able to get six outs. Your $300 million pitcher, six outs in the biggest game of the year. Sucks. I said this leading up to the July thirtieth deadline. The Yankees should be sellers at this deadline. Now, they were like ten games out of the American League East at the time. They made a little push. They went on a big winning streak. Then they kind of collapsed. And they've just been so mediocre the majority of the season. Yeah, ninety-two wins is nice and all, but it's just not. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. I mean. I was saying they should trade Glaber Torres. I was saying they should trade Gary Sanchez. Just move players to put them on better teams. Shouldn't have traded for Rizzo. Shouldn't have traded for Joey Gallo. But they still made those moves. Why? Obviously because you want your team to have a chance. If you're even remotely close, you want to give yourself a chance. I get that. But the Yankees have literally done nothing with this roster for the past few years. And the roster is relatively the same. Judge. Stanton, Torres, Gardner, Ursula, Sanchez. They're not doing anything. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to trade Aaron Judge because, no, that's just stupid. But, like, trading for Gallo, trading for Rizzo, they were nice moves. I mean, it just still didn't work out. Was it the pitching? Was it the lack of hitting? Well, maybe it's a combination of both. I mean, you would expect that your $300 million pitcher would be able to pitch in a win-or-go-home game, at least give you five, six innings, right? So, Yankees have a lot of question marks going into this offseason. What are they going to do? Are they going to try to strip it down and maybe rebuild it? But that's not the Yankees' way. Or do they want to shoot for another 91 season, get to the wild-card game, or maybe the Divisionals, and then lose again? That's all up to them. And enough with the Yankees. Let's talk about the Red Sox, how they were really able to kind of... Obviously, the two runs was nice in the first inning. Then you get an additional run in the third. But just, I didn't feel comfortable with that. I really didn't. I mean, the Red Sox three-run lead would hold until the top of the sixth inning when Anthony Rizzo hit a home run down the right field line. And now it's three to one. So it's just like the game never felt out of hand. I never felt safe because it's the playoffs. It's Red Sox. It's Yankees. It's like, I mean, anything can happen in playoff baseball, A. And B, anything can happen between the Red Sox and Yankees. So it's like... Yeah, they hit a home run, walk a guy, next thing you know, they hit a home run, and now it's tied. But they were able to shut the door after the home run. Ryan Brazier came in and really was able to close out that sixth inning, uh, relieving Nathan Ivaldi, who pitched phenomenal, by the way, was an absolute stud and was gemming it out there. The only blemish was that home run, obviously, to Anthony Rizzo, like I already mentioned. Other than that, he pitched like a true ace. I know only five and a third. Not what you want to see from your ace. But the bullpen really stepped it up. Like I said, Brazier two-thirds to close out that sixth inning. Tanner Houck, inning of relief. Hansel Robles, inning. And then Garrett Whitlock, an inning as well. Gave up a run there. Uh, what was it? A home run to Stan. Yeah, that was like down the right field line as well. Uh, a little, little dinky do home run for Stan, who's usually hitting balls 500 feet, right? But, I mean, bullpen looked really nice. Really, really nice. I felt really confident leaving this series. Obviously, the winner of this was going to play the Rays. So, how much confidence do I feel about playing the Rays in general? Before last night's game, um, I'm giving you my opinions before last night's game against the Rays. I, I don't. I didn't expect the Red Sox to win the series. I really don't. Can they sneak in a, a sneak a win? Maybe. If they want to have any chance at beating the Rays in this series, they have to take one in Tampa, and that's kind of where I transitioned to last night's five nothing loss to the Tampa Bay Rays. And obviously, it's only one game, but let's not forget that this series is a best-of-only five. Usually, playoffs are a best-of-seven, not in the league division series, it's a best-of-five. So, first team to three wins will win the series, so losing one is actually kind of monumental here. And I might swing back to the Yankees game, because I do have a couple other thoughts, but like I said, it happened on Tuesday. I really want to talk about this Red Sox-Rays series, because that is what's on hand I don't mind Eduardo Rodriguez getting the ball game one, because I mean, do you rush Chris Sale on short rest? Probably not. I mean, was it short rest? When was the last time Chris Sale pitched? Uh, let me see. When was the last time Chris Sale pitched? Was it was during the Nash? Was it the last game against the Nationals, the final game of the year? Uh, it was. It was, and he didn't really pitch well that game either. So, mm, what game? That was Sunday. So. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It would have been four days rest. I don't feel comfortable. I mean, he just... <sighs> Traditionally speaking in the playoffs, I mean, three days, two days rest is good enough, right? I mean, he just came back from Tommy John, so it's not like you want to rush him back. I mean, you do have other pitchers at your disposal like Eduardo Rodriguez, Nick Pavetta. And, I mean... So, I don't hate giving Erod the ball here. I just hate how lackluster start was one and two thirds gives up two earned Garrett Richards was nice he was able to uh you know get out of that inning you know just you know third just get out of the inning right and then you go to Nick Pavetta which I mean kind of was a question mark to me but I I don't know you go four and two thirds you give up four hits three earned, two walks I mean oh. I mean, obviously the third, only a run, so it's not like you know, you're going to yank him after a run. It's only the third inning, right? But then here comes the fifth inning and then the seventh inning. So it's just like I think I'd rather have seen Garrett Richards come out for that third inning. I think would have been ideal and then maybe have a relief pitcher to get you out of any jam that he may come into and then have Nick Pavetta kind of, you know, be that long guy if Gary Richard was to run into any trouble. I mean, I understand the postseason. You're going to have starters pitch. You're going to have relievers pitch. You're going to have your closers pitch in the fifth inning. It's just going to be all over the place in terms of how the pitching lines up, especially Alex Cora, who is such a a mastermind with how he tries to meticulate matchups and who to have pitch when and such like that. And I'm not complaining about this because, like I said, it's the playoffs. Anything is happening. If this was game seven, everybody is pitching. Everybody will be ready to pitch. So it's only game one, so I cannot overreact. But I do wish that Garrett Richards-Nick Pavetta thing was handled just a little bit differently. Is that going to change the outcome? No, because the Red Sox were only... They weren't able to get any runs. Nine hits, but no runs to show for it. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, oh, if you had Garrett Richards go a couple innings, they're going to win. No, because they weren't able to score any runs. But... Just, I don't want a uh, a starter a potential long relief guy go a third of an inning I think that's just a waste because then you bring in pavetta yeah you have uh I don't even know if Martin Perez is on the Red Sox playoff roster uh Red Sox playoff because I know um JD Martinez was added back onto it after missing the divisional roster uh let's see they took okay so they took Jaron Duran off of it. Martin Perez is on. They took Jonathan Arruz off. They took uh, Jared Durant off, and they added Danny Santana. And they also added J.D. Martinez back. Okay, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So you still have Martin Perez as another long-term guy in that bullpen, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. But still, you have Garrett Richards maybe go two innings, two plus innings, and you have a, a relief pitcher, kind of get him out of a jam if he's in one, then you go to Nick Pavetta. I just feel a lot more comfortable with that because you're not wasting that long relief kind of guy in Gary Richard being a former starter because you're not going to get four, you know, three, four innings out of Josh Taylor, Adam Ottavino, Matt Barnes, Hansel Robles for that matter. You're not going to get those kind of innings from those guys. So that's kind of why I wish it was handled a little bit differently. I'm sure Alex Court is going to make adjustments. For game two, I, I, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. I don't like Kike Hernandez leading off. I've told you guys this for a long, long time. Is I'm not comfortable with him leading off. I don't think he's a good leadoff hitter. Now Kyle Schwarber led off in the the wild card game, and he was hitting second in this game. Do I think he's a better leadoff hitter than Kike Hernandez? Maybe generally speaking over the long term, no, but. Kyle Schwarber was 1 for 3 with a walk, obviously that massive home run off Garrett Cole in the third, and he also went 2 for 4 last night against the Rays. So I mean, I know he's not you know, a speed threat, but I mean just getting someone on base who has a little bit of pop, I mean, you you, you can't hate that, right? I mean, like I said, over the course of the regular season, I would not want Kyle Schwarber to be my leadoff hitter. I would want him more in the middle of the lineup. Maybe two. I don't I don't mind that. I know kind of lineups and the philosophy of having or setting your lineup in baseball has kind of changed over the past two, three, five, even ten years. But Kike Hernandez, I just, I just don't think he's it. I don't. I mean, yeah, he was one for three with a walk in the wild card game and 0 for four. But it's not like I'm just looking at this 0 for four game last night. I've been saying this for months, literal months. I mean, he's a 250 hitter. He every game on average, every game he's going to go one for four. I personally just don't want that from a leadoff hitter. I mean, he's got the pop with 20 home runs. Cool. 60 RBIs, 84 runs, you know, on base plus slugging, 786. It's just, oh, I feel like he would be better used maybe elsewhere in the lineup. Like, I don't want to just, you know, shove him to the bottom of the lineup and be be like, oh, we can, you know, get the bottom half of the lineup going. Which he could. I mean, I know Christian Royal's kind of playing pretty decently down there in the 9 spot. I mean, he did go 0 for 3 in the wild card game, but he went 2 for 3 last night. I honestly wouldn't mind Kike being the the two hitter for tomorrow's game. I I really wouldn't. And obviously you just kind of have to gauge it. You got to be able to do things that make you uncomfortable. And I know Alex Cora is willing to do that. You saw that in the 2018 playoff run, you know, when they played against the Astros and then the Dodgers in the World Series obviously 19 they didn't make it. He wasn't with us in 2020 last year. But this year, you know, you've seen in the wild card game, he did not have J.D. Martinez on their roster. So he's willing to do things that are risky, potentially uncomfortable for, you know, at least from our perspective, the fans perspective. And I think kind of having Kike not lead off is something you need to do. Have someone out there who's a good hitter, who can get on base, has a lot of pop and kind of set the tone for, you know, your big hitters. Bogarts, Devers, Renfro even, Verdugo's kind of coming along a little bit, little bit, and then when J.D. Martinez hopefully gets healthy again. So it's tough. Do not get me wrong. It's tough. Managing a baseball game in the playoffs is tough. In the regular season, it's hard, yes, but it's a lot more easier because there's 162 friggin' games. You're not going to be making all these micro moves you know, in the middle of June uh, of a best-of-four series against someone that you play once every three years. You're not going to do that. But here in the playoffs when every game matters, especially a best of 5, if this was a best of 7, you know, I'm not like I said, I'm not overreacting because my expectations for the Red Sox against the Rays are low. Would it be nice if they win a couple games, push it to 5 and maybe still lose or maybe even pull it out? Of course, obviously, but I also have to be realistic because I am I am not biased on this show. On this podcast, I am not biased. You know that. So, what am I looking forward to in game two? Right? Game two is today at 7.02 is first pitch. Why on God's green earth is it 7.02? I, I, I don't understand. This is the dumbest thing. What am I looking forward to? Well, Chris Sale's on the bump today. I need a good start from Chris Sale. I'm not too worried about the bullpen getting tired out because there's a lot of arms, you know. If you're not pitching, if you didn't pitch yesterday, if you're not pitching today and you're not pitching tomorrow, you're in the bullpen, right? Maybe with the exception of Chris Sale. Uh, What am I looking forward to? I want to see a good start from Chris Sale. Five, six innings, at least six innings, right? Really set the tone, shut them down, and then it kind of leads into my second point where the Red Sox need to get some offense cooking early. You were stagnant all game yesterday, no runs, nine hits, which is nice. But I never felt like a chance that they were going to be able to push through a couple runs in a you know a couple swings and make this a game again. When even when it was two nothing, three nothing, four nothing, five nothing, whatever, I just never felt like that from the Sox. So if they can strike first blood in the first three innings, get a run or two, I'll feel comfortable. I don't want to say comfortable, but I'll feel pretty good. I'll feel decent about that because I feel good about Chris Sale. I think he can shut them down. I'm hoping at least, and you know. I'm starting to regain my confidence in the bullpen. So this also leads to my third point is just more consistency or stay consistent from the Red Sox bullpen. I don't think that they'll, you know, I mean, obviously uh, Nick Pavetta gave up a few runs, but I'm not going to hold that against him all too much because he's not a reliever at heart. Obviously, he might be plugged into the bullpen here in the playoffs. But at the end, oh, Jesus, I almost unplugged my mic. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I just want to see The bullpen, stay consistent regardless who's out there. Robles, Brazier, who's really come on the second half of the season. Actually, like September, honestly. Uh, Matt Barnes, Adam Ottavino. Obviously, the starters too. Richards, Perez, Pavetta, like I've already mentioned. If they are called for long-term relief. I just want them to stay consistent, be consistent, and then stay consistent. So those are the things I'm looking forward to in Game 2 for the Red Sox against the Rays in their Best of 5 American League Division Series. Game 2 is tonight at 7.02, which is the still stupidest thing, just 7, 7.05, just whatever. But Red Sox need to steal, like I said, they need to steal one in Tampa in order to have a shot. They lost last night, so tonight, is it a must win? Yeah, I'd say so. Now, if they lose, do they still have a chance? Well... Your backs are up against the walls at Fenway Park. That's going to be a conversation for Tuesday's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. But go win tonight. Go win tonight. That's all I'm going to say. And let's transition over to the New England Patriots. Probably the best 1-3 team you've seen in a long time. Honestly. And against the Houston Texans, you know, I heard on the radio, like, you know, this should be a layup. This should be a game where you get you guys right and such like that. Work on the little things instill some confidence in the running game, the defense, because Mac Jones is getting overworked early. And honestly, all those points I agree with. I don't think the defense needs to get confidence instilled in them because I think they're good. They're one of the best defenses in the league, top five, uh, top 10 at least in a lot of categories. For a team that's 1-3, I mean, besides that Saints game, you have given up less than 20 points in every game. Can't complain. I mean, obviously you, you want to see – you know, a fantastic number, like maybe like 15 or 16 points per game. But you gave up, what was it, 17 to the Dolphins. You gave up, uh, what was it, 18, 19? Oh, how many points? Uh, 19 to the Bucs. 7 to the Jets. Or 6 to the Jets, excuse me. And then 28 to the, the Saints, which is kind of like a sore thumb. But, I mean, like I said, this is one of the best one in three teams in this in the league right now. and Maybe in a long time, honestly, because... I've said this before. They could easily be 4-0. Easily be 4-0. Harris doesn't fumble the ball. You kick a field goal, score a touchdown. Uh, it doesn't guarantee that the Dolphins aren't going to walk down the field and score points themselves, but at least it puts you in a winning position. Jets, they beat the Jets. The Saints, Mac Jones threw the ball. Jono Smith went off his hands, picked off by Malcolm Jenkins for a touchdown, which gave them 28 points. But say that doesn't happen. They're at 21. The Pats had 13 points at that time. And then, you know, they go down. They get a touchdown. Now it's 21-21. Can't guarantee you a win. But still, puts you in a winning position with the game being tied. Obviously, the game against the Bucks. Nick Folk hits that field goal. They're in a winning position. I'm not going to say that Brady can't lead the Bucks down the field for a field goal of their own. But still, you are in a winning position where you would be up 20-19. to So it's like, ugh, you could easily be 4-0. and as much as you're 1-3 and three and that looks ugly, you could easily be 4-0. and oh. The Saints look pretty good. The Bucks are obviously, you know, the Bucs. So it's like those are two fairly good teams that you just lost to. I mean, the Saints score, the final score for the Saints game doesn't look pretty. But when you break the game down and look at this, this, and that, it's like, damn, they could have won that game. You know, a couple little things went off. They could have won that game. Please pardon this interruption. Interruption. But I just had to go uh, help a couple customers that walked into the store. Obviously, in the world of editing, you'll never you never have noticed that. But, I mean, I was recording. I had my train of thought. And then, obviously, I had to go open the Merck's Cartown Sports Shop because it opens at noon. And I'm now recording past noon. And, you know, I've said this a couple of times. You know, I might have to stop and go, stop and go. But you'll never know because I'll pause it. I'll go. I'll come back, and I'll record, and you'll never know the difference. But I obviously listened back, you know, 10 seconds to what I was saying about, like, you know, the Pats potentially being 4-0. Ah, I just got kind of interrupted again. Sorry. Okay, <clears throat> back to what I was saying. I know I lost my train of thought, and I was trying to recoup it, but the Pats could easily be 4-0. I know I mentioned that a few times, but they're not. They're 1-3, and I really feel like that this game needs to be a get-right game for the Patriots. The defense, like I said, is fine. You should really be able to shut this Texans offense down almost easily right I mean they have no legit weapons Brandon Cooks though for the Texans has been playing like a pro bowler I ain't gonna lie he is playing like vintage Brandon Cooks and he's had a couple different quarterbacks the past couple of years but it seems like it hasn't stopped him he's really balling out for the Texans and he's been a good bright spot for that Houston offense but honestly JC Jackson or whoever they throw on him should be able to shut him down and I don't want to say it's gonna be easy because the way Cooks is playing is so well But this has to be a get right game. They need to win this. Duh. And they need to get that running game back on track. So a few things that I'm looking forward to in this game is obviously the running game. The running game sucked against the Buccaneers and overall it hasn't been all that impressive. Damian Harris did look pretty good uh, week one against the Dolphins up until he had that fumble. Ramondre Stevenson has been healthy scratches. J.J. Taylor got put in the doghouse for a fumble. It's like Without James White, you can't do that to these young guys, right? You have Brandon Bolden, but he's more of a special teamer. I mean, you don't want to have to rely on him to be your third down guy. So get J.J. Taylor involved. Get Ramondre Stevenson involved. Get Damian Harris going, right? I want to see the Pats really rush the ball, really take advantage of a soft spot here in the schedule with the Houston Texans to kind of rework that running game back into the offense because what we saw last week against the Buccaneers... When they rushed the ball, not even 10 times. I don't even know what the number was. Uh, hold on, Let me look at that real quick. Um, how many times did they rush it? Um, Patriots, Patriots. Rushing. Aguilar had one. Bolden had one. Taylor had one. Mac Jones had one. Harris had four. That's nine rushes. And that Mac Jones one wasn't a designed run either. So, if you want to cross that one out, let's, let's cross it out. Eight total team rushes like that's not going to cut it that's absolutely not going to cut it give damian harris 20 carries right 15 give me 15 at least give taylor five work him in the running game give stevenson you know close to 10 carries i know that's a lot of plays in the offense that you're dedicating to these guys but you got to get them going when the patriots Won the Super Bowl a few years ago against the Rams. That year, they turned into a run-first team. Patriots didn't have the best of weapons. You know, the offense wasn't really able to click and gel, but they were dominant on the run. You know, the running front. They had Sony Michelle. The offensive line was great. You know, you have James White in the backfield. It worked. It worked. And I guess I I would bring up Sony Michelle. I also heard this on the radio too. It's like, were the Patriots wrong? for trading Sonny Michelle and trying to look to the future in terms of trading him away, grab some draft picks. Let me move my chair in here. Jesus. Were they wrong for doing that? Trading him away to the Rams, grab some draft picks, look ahead. You like what you have in the running back room. I liked what they had in the running back room at the time. Stevenson Taylor, not working out as planned. White out for the season. Harris struggling to kind of get going. I think at the moment, at that time, trading Sony Michelle was the right call. Obviously, looking back in hindsight, you're like, friggin fuck, why did we do it? So it's double bladed sword in that way. So what can the Patriots do? Well, I tried to emphasize the fact that they should be able to get this running game going here against the Texans, or at least they should make it a focal point, right? There's some running backs out there in the free agent market, and I I mentioned this in shop, and I mentioned the name Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's not going to want a lot of money because he has no job right now. And I know he's had some knee issues when he was with the Rams. That's why they cut him with the Falcons. That's why they didn't bring him back. But that's because he was a bell horse, three down kind of a running back. If you bring him here into New England, you're not asking him to be that guy you're just asking him to take five carries a game if that and a couple passes on third down or at least out of the backfield nowhere near to the type of production or the type of usage that he used to have last year at the minimum but going back to his ram days when he was you know a top 3 running back like you're not asking him you're not asking him to put all that wear and tear and that grind on that knee yeah i know the knee's not good but still he's 27 years old He's still fairly young. I'm sure he's got a drive to play, seeing that he's not on a team right now. At least that's what I would like to think from him. So I think just bring him in for a workout. Bring him in for like a couple weeks, see see what he can do. Obviously, you're going to have to make roster moves and move things around. And obviously, speaking of roster moves, the Stefan Gilmore trade, that's something to even talk about. I love how I was going to give you some key points to the Texan games. I start with the running game, and then I totally transition out of that. And I'm talking about some other things. It's just, it's funny kind of how that works. But seriously, before I talk about the Stefan Gilmore trade, let me finish with my three points. So the first point was obviously get the running game going. The second point, defense. Just because you're playing the Texans, you can't sleep. Defense cannot sleep. You're 1-3. Offense is offense. Defense has been fairly good. So you kind of have to make sure that you're ready to go and you're not caught sleeping. Because if you're caught sleeping against any team in the NFL, you know, not just the Texans, it could be the Jets, it could be the Jaguars, or it even could be the Bucks. you're going to pay for it. So make sure the defense comes to play, make sure they step up, set the tone early so you're able to focus on the running game more. Maybe, you know, that first drive you go out, run heavy. Maybe you go a pass heavy just to get a score and then you kind of work in the run after that once you get a little bit of a lead. Defense has to come to play. You can't get caught sleeping because otherwise we've seen Mac Jones do it for a couple weeks now. He's going to throw the ball a lot to keep the Patriots in the game. And for a young quarterback, that might be cool for a game. But you don't want your young quarterback to be taking all those chances all so frequently during the game. Hence why the importance of getting the run game going, which is my first point. So get the uh, run game going. Defense can't be sleeping here in this game. And then my third point, just win the damn game. I mean, I don't want to focus on this or that. Let's keep it simple. Run the ball, play defense, win the game. Those are my three points. I couldn't be any more straightforward. I couldn't be any more blunt about it. Go win the game. I mean... Do I have to harp and hound on it? Do I have to waste more time talking about how important this game is? One and four, forget about it. The AFC is looking really good this year. And I'm going to talk about the NFL schedule in just a moment. Two and three, get a little confidence, a little bit of momentum, because you got some difficult games coming up that at the beginning of the season you didn't think may have been big games. Like, I mean, the Cowboys game next week after this one is going to be a big game. Then you got the Jets again, the Chargers. Best team in the AFC West right now. The Panthers, best team in the NFC South right now. Then you got the Browns. So it's like you, these games coming up are actually going to be meaningful when, at first look, they might not have been. So you got to start winning games. You got to start winning them quickly. But two and three, get a little bit of momentum, a little bit of confidence, get that running game feeling good. Defense, you know, has a stellar performance. And you win the game. Super simple. NFL week five started off with the Rams beating the Seahawks 26 to 17 yesterday for Thursday Night football. Russell Wilson was it, dislocated his finger, broke his finger or something, so he might be missing some time, which is a first in Seattle. I mean, let's not forget that this is the same Russell Wilson that wanted to get traded this offseason but he chose you know, eventually came back. I, don't, I think oh, he'll obviously return this season, and I'm confident he'll play with the Seahawks this year, but Russell Wilson's time in Seattle is coming to a close a lot sooner than we thought. Jets, visit, I guess they technically don't visit the Falcons because this game's in London, but Jets technically at Falcons in London. Falcons not the best team, and Jets got a little bit of momentum right now. Could I see the Jets win this game? Yes, do I think the Falcons will win this game? Yes, but if you know if I'm going to pick, I want to pick the Jets just for the memes and because of the realistic possibility that they win. So Jets over the Falcons in London. Patriots versus Texans, I'm going to pick the Patriots for obvious reasons um, and I already broke that game down immensely previously. Lions visit the Vikings. Lions are getting close to winning, and they're just like a dink and a doink and one play away from winning. I'm going to go Vikings, but I'd like to see the Lions win, but I'm going to go Vikings. Eagles visit the Panthers. Eagles put up a good game against the Chiefs last week. Kind of fell short late, you know, in the second half. Panthers looking really good. I'm going to go Panthers here, but I would expect a good game from both sides. Saints visit the football team. Big game for Washington. Washington. Do they have what it takes to beat the Saints? I don't think so, so I kind of want to lean New Orleans here. Titans visit the Jaguars. Um, Everything going on with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville makes you want to pick the Titans, but they just lost to the Jets in overtime. Titans are the better team, but the Jaguars are going to sneak one out at some point. Is it this week? I don't think so, so I'm going to go Titans. Dolphins visit the Buccaneers. Far commute. That's a joke, guys. That's a joke. Um, Buccaneers, obviously. Packers visit the Bengals. Bengals are a sneaky good team. This is no layup for the Packers. Originally, this was probably a layup, but they're no no joke this year, the Bengals. Packers, obviously. The Packers, this is going to be a really good game. I am really interested in this game. I could see the Packers still blowing out the Bengals just because, at the end of the day, they are the better team. Some sirens are going off, and it is annoying. Okay, they have drove by. I could also see the Bengals winning this game, though. In a close, hard-fought battle, I could see the Bengals winning. I'm going to pick the Packers because I think they're the better team here, and they should win. But do not get mis- mistaken that I don't think the Bengals can win because I do think that they could win this. Broncos visit the Steelers. I think the Steelers are in absolute disarray. Broncos look sneaky good this year. I mean, they're 3-1. Sneaky good this year. I mean, going to Pittsburgh might be tough to play. Steelers are also 1-3. and three. They're in desperation mode. Could they pull this game out? Sure, but I really like what the Broncos are doing up in Denver. So, I'm actually going to pick the Broncos here to win that game. Bears visit the Raiders. Justin Fields is finally the starting quarterback, thank goodness, in Chicago. Do I think he's going to beat the Raiders? no. I still think that Raiders team is actually really, really good. So I'm going to pick the Raiders, but I kind of want the Bears to win for sole purposes of Justin Fields. Browns visit the Chargers. Good game there at 4 o'clock. That game could honestly go either way. Both teams are 3-1, top of their divisions, or at least tied for the top of their divisions, respectively. (sighs) This one's tough. This one's tough. Both teams could win. I could see both teams winning. I wouldn't mind if either team won. I'm gonna pick the Chargers solely because they're home. This is a such a close matchup. If the Browns were home, I'd probably pick the Browns. So I think home field will play an edge into the Chargers winning. So I'm gonna pick the Chargers, but this one's this one's close. This one's really really tight. I want to know what you guys think about this game and any game really. Reach out to me social media at Murph's Card Town. Or, you know, down in the comment section below if you're watching this on YouTube. You know, whether it's the Browns or the Chargers or the the Bears and Raiders game. Any game, really. Let me hear your thoughts. Sound off. Giants visit the Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. But the Giants do have a little bit of swagger and momentum. But I'm still picking the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are the better team. 49ers visit the Cardinals. This would be a great game at the beginning of the season. I'm going to lean Arizona because they're just so hot. They're so good. They're still undefeated, correct? They're the only team that's still undefeated. A lot of people expected the Cardinals to be good, but I don't think many people expected them to be this good. And I think that would be a huge statement win over the 49ers, who a lot of people picked over the Cardinals. And I believe in my preseason prediction, I also... Also, did I write it down somewhere? Did I write it down? I would have been smart to write it down, right? I did not write it down. That... um. You know, I could see all four teams from the NFC West making the playoffs. But I think I left the Cardinals out with the ad, the caveat saying that they could make it. And I think I chose the 49ers over them. But I could be wrong. Bills visit the Chiefs for Sunday Night Football. That is going to be a great game. Honestly, game of the week by far. As much as I like that Packers-Bengals matchup and that Browns-Chargers matchup too. This is the game of the week here. This is what you live for. Can the Bills beat the Chiefs? Chiefs are not playing as good as they could or as good as they should. This would be a great statement game for the Buffalo Bills. Be like, listen, you beat us last year, but that doesn't mean you're the king of the AFC. The, uh, the Chiefs have been shown to be susceptible this season. That defense is not the best. That offense is still very powerful, but they can be slow at times. Bills need to win this game. And really prove and also get that tiebreaker too, because you know, if the records are similar and it comes down to it, tiebreaker is going to be massive. And then for Monday Night Football, we have the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Baltimore Ravens. I believe in my survival league, I'm picking the Ravens to win because I just, the Colts just don't have it this year, man. I mean, what happened? A lot of people were high on the Colts. I don't think I was, but they're just in absolute disarray right now. But the Ravens, I'm not a big fan of the Ravens either. But I do believe they're the better team. And I think it should be a sneaky win if, I, if the Ravens win. You know, Like I said, I picked them in survival. So if the Ravens can get this dub, then that would be nice because you know, I get to save the better teams for later on. And like I don't really see myself picking the Ravens any other time soon this year because, like I mentioned earlier, I don't believe in them that much. So I'll be definitely looking forward to that game as well. So just to recap really quickly – I have the Jets over the Falcons, Pats over the Texans, Vikings over the Lions, Panthers beating the Eagles, Saints defeating Washington, Titans defeating Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh, i sorry. i trying to be professional here, but it's hard to uh, stray away from jokes when they present themselves. Titans over the Jaguars, Buccaneers beating the Dolphins, Packers winning over the Bengals, but I love that game right there, Broncos defeating the Steelers. Raiders defeating the Bears, Chargers winning against the Browns, Cowboys destroying the Giants, Cardinals proving a point against the 49ers, Bills, Bills Mafia over Kansas City. Oh, I dropped my water. I'm thirsty. Bills over Kansas City, and then the Ravens over the Indianapolis Colts. That is who I have for week five. Cannot wait to see how this plays out. Fantasy, big week of fantasy. A lot of players are also injured, which kind of sucks. But you know what? Bye week doesn't start till next week. So you got to... Fantasy is a long season, man. You just got to kind of, you know, fight through it, honestly. So we'll see where we are at the end of this week in terms of that. But I believe that's everything I wanted to talk about in today's episode. At least from my end recording, it was kind of uh, was jacked up a bit you know, recording, opening the store, having customers, recording, customers coming in. And trust me, I'm not complaining. But obviously, from your end, it's not going to be bad. You know, obviously, I'm going to go in and make sure it sounds nice, crisp and clean. But trust me, this episode was a little wonky to make. So that's why I might be cutting it short by just a few minutes. So I hope you do not mind there. But before I do go and wrap things up, make sure you do check out Murph's Town Sports Shop. You can find the shop on facebook google social media just about anywhere youtube even definitely come check it out also consider joining the box break for the five 2021 don ross football mega boxes and one blaster box as well so six total boxes bunch of teams are still available check out my instagram it is the most recently posted post picture whatever for the box breaks, there's going to be X's next to teams. That means they're taken, but whatever team does not have an X, they are open for claimship. So definitely do that as well if you're interested. And also, it'll be a live box break. Come on down, grab some pizzas, this and that. Let's have some fun, all right? And of course, the box break will be recorded as well for, for proof, obviously, because I know some people might not be able to make it. Those are all the announcements that I have about the shop, everything I have to talk about in terms of sports. Go socks. go Pats. And honestly, honestly, have a great weekend. Weather's supposed to be nice. I mean, I can't be your meteorologist for too much because it's going to get really cold friggin' fast. Now, over the weekend, oh, Sunday's going to rain a little bit. That's not ideal. That is not ideal at all. So try to enjoy today, enjoy tomorrow, and then stay dry on Sunday as you sit home or at the bar and watch some great football games because this week's going to have a lot of good games in it. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying on audio platforms. I greatly appreciate it. You can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, and also on YouTube. But before I get into the YouTube, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk on any podcast platform that you listen to your podcast on. That is where I am. If whatever platform you choose, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk, and I just alluded to YouTube. Yes, I'm also on YouTube as well. Every single podcast episode is on YouTube, along with extra content, vlogs, um, shop videos of the like. So definitely go consider checking that out if you haven't. But if you're already listening to this podcast on YouTube, thank you so much, and please smash that thumbs up, that like button, if you enjoyed today's episode, as that would be greatly greatly appreciated and also while you're doing that please consider hitting that giant red subscribe button if you are new or haven't considered subscribing yet to the channel as I would greatly appreciate the love and support on the channel regardless if it's on the channel or on audio only platforms definitely reach out to me at Murph's Cartown on social media and if you are listening to this on YouTube down in the comment section below but whatever platform works best for you works for me as well that's going to do it like i said. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying and tuning in for today's episode. Episode number 95. Don't forget episode number 95, right? Let me double check. 95. We'll be on Tuesday, not Monday because of the holiday, Tuesday. You know, shops closed on Monday due to Christopher Columbus Day, so I won't have access to the studio. So Tuesday is episode number 95. Just want to make that clear so people are aware. I hope you have a wonderful day, wonderful weekend. I will catch you for the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you.